Good morning, everyone. How you all doing? Excellent, cool. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Gary, uh, along with my lovely wife, Jane. We pastor the church here. Got a great group of people around about us that help us uh, to do so much. We really appreciate uh, all of our teams and the people that uh, uh, serve in the various areas of our church life. So I just want to say thank you to them. Are you ready for the word of God this morning? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that you speak through me, Holy Spirit, to bring life transformation. I pray that revelation comes from your word that helps us to connect better with you and to connect better with the people around about us. I thank you that you've given us the ability to activate areas of our lives, and I thank you for the ability to do that. And I pray that uh, you are glorified through this message and that we see an incredible fruit uh, that comes from this where people are closer together uh, as a group of believers with you and with each other in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Um, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. This was the scripture that I had at the start of this year where I felt that this is the focus for us completely for uh, 2021, that we are to arise as the people of God. And I've been speaking into that in various ways, shapes and forms in this uh, first part of the year uh, so that we can start to understand that there's some things that we need to put in place. There's a foundation that we need as we arise as God's people. To arise actually means that we activate our connections, that we ramp up our worship, we invest our gifts, we stretch our faith, and we engage with our communities. And that's what I feel like a rise is for us uh, as a people, as a church in this season. So today I'm going to start to really drill down on these five areas of, uh, of church life, of uh, life here at Infused Church. So this is what we're going to start to do. And this is really part one of two messages uh, centered around activating our connections. So there's uh, this morning, and then I'll complete this message next Sunday. So there's a bit of a hyphen at the end of uh, this morning's message. And the hyphen is, <gasps> take a breath, and we'll come back next week. It's almost like a Batman, same bat channel, same bat channel. Okay, won't go there. <clears throat> so I believe that there are four things that every person on this planet wants in their life. Those four things are to know. Secondly, to be known. Thirdly, to leave a legacy. We want to know that our life has meaning. It has purpose. And the fourth thing is to belong. See, one of the things that, I, 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 that we get to do as we activate our connection with the presence of God, we, we get to activate that, that, that connection with God. We get to uh, know what God says in his word. We, we get to know what the power of the Holy Spirit can do through us. It's not that we must do those things. We just, we get to. What a privilege and honour. You don't have to go into the presence of God. You get to go into the presence of God. He opened the way. God the Father opened the way so that we can come into his presence. You don't have to go there. We get to. So I just hope that you catch that. So in all of this, we, we are activating the connections around about us. So what, what I need you to understand is in the whole context of this message in, in connecting with each other is that God created us as living stones to be a part of what he's building. 
It talks about that in the New Testament. It, it, God has created a body. He's creating a body, and each part of it is vital to the function of the body. He talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God creates gifts, and he dispenses those to his people to help them and also to help other people as well. God created a purpose for each of us that needs we need others to help us to accomplish. We can't accomplish our purpose on our own. We need people around about us. And we do that in connection. We have to activate our connections. And God has created something so special that he promised that if you will become a part of it, if you will devote yourself to it, You'll never, ever struggle with loneliness again and you will overcome fatigue, fear, frustration and even failure. And I think that's an incredible thing. And what I'm talking about this morning is the concept of something called relationship. So the whole thing about this week and next week is talking about the concept of relationship. Let me give you a bit of an idea of of where I'm going to be coming from in this whole thing. In Acts chapter 2, we see the story of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. There's some things, there's there's tongues of fire, there's the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And and we hear uh, in in the the, the initial parts of uh, Acts chapter 2 where there's the speaking in tongues. And there's, you know, like there's the whole city is almost like in confusion. And it's just like, uh, just amazing how this this happens you know there's this great thing that's going on within uh, Jerusalem at that time and and we see that the, the people are saying well what is this what what what's going on and it says in Acts chapter 2 verses 8 to 11 then then how is it that like we this all this tongues that's going on uh, that each of us hears them in our own native language so they were speaking in tongues at that time but the people that were in the city at that time what they heard was in their own language, praising God. There was praises for God that was going up in that moment. So they're saying, how is it that we hear this praise in our own native language? So there's Parthians, Medes, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and and Asia and Mount Barker and Nan and and Egypt and and, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene and visitors from Rome. There's Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of, of God in our own language. See, what happened was, uh, Peter then starts to address the crowd. He starts to talk to them uh, about the things of Jesus. He, he, he outlines his life, his death and his resurrection. And there comes a point at the end of Peter's address to this, this whole citywide sort of gathering that uh, people say, well, what must we do? And Peter says, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we read in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, that those who accepted Peter's message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So my question is this. How is it that from this wide cultural group of people with approximately 15 different countries and regions that are named in the early part of the book of Acts, that one of the greatest revivals of history has started? Out of this moment in time where there's such a wide diversity of, of different people. It says in, in, in verse 42 to 47, it gives us an insight into how this happened. Because it says, they devoted themselves 
to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, to prayer. They were, uh, the, all the believers were together. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together and they praised God and enjoyed the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The, the, can I just like, this is a side thing with me right now. Okay. I love this part where it says the Lord added to their number, added to their church, those who were being saved daily, not being shuffled from church to, sh- to church. Okay, now if, And I understand that there are people here from different churches. I'm not trying to, to lay any sort of thing on, on it. My heart is that we see people born again for the very first time. That's what I want. That's what the, we need to see in this church is people walk in from in those doors there or the, that you lead them to Christ in your everyday life. It doesn't have to rely on the pastor, the preacher to get them to come to Jesus. You have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You have the ability to lead someone to Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on. Stay with me, church. This is true. You're the best person to talk to your friend. You're the best person to talk to your neighbour. Uh, let's not shuffle the kingdom of God. Let's get people saved. Well, let's see this community transformed because there's a people who are fired up about the power of the presence of God in their lives and the love of God that so affected them that they can't help but talk about what God's done for them and we see people saved. I want our baptism night absolutely chockers. We've got a line that goes for a kilometre down the road because people want to get baptised uh, on that night. What I'd really like to see is see someone walk on the water in the baptism tank, but we'll, we'll, I'm happy just to see people get dunked. See, when they got saved, they became born again. And the very first thing that they did was that they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to a group of people, to fellowship, to becoming a disciple of Jesus. They, became, they devoted themselves to a way of life. Look around today. In this building, in this room right here, right now, there is not much difference in the people groups that are in this room than were at that church in the book of Acts. Today, we have people from Europe, from Malaysia, from Holland, from Rhodesia, from Great Britain. We have people from Greece. We would have people from Sri Lanka, New Zealand, and there might even be a couple of Aussies here too. South Africa, Africa, yeah. Like, if you start to look around, people who were raised different, they think different, they, uh, they believe different, they live different, they eat different food. I praise God for chili. Oh, I love hot food, hot spicy food. Now, come on. That's just the duck's guts right there, you know. It is gone. I love. Speaking of duck, I love duck. I digress. I digress. There's one thing, though, that we all have in common, and that's that we have faith in Jesus Christ. That's the unite, the thing that unifies us as a group of people. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And surely 
our connection with Jesus is enough for us to reach out, to be inclusive, and to activate our connections with the people around about us. Surely because you have Jesus in your heart, and I have Jesus in my heart, it's the reason that we could come together and devote ourselves to each other and not isolate ourselves from each other. Does that make sense this morning? So what could happen, church, if we devoted ourselves to becoming disciples? See, I'm not just talking about being a believer. It's nice to be a believer, for even the demons believed in Jesus. Sorry, that was a bit harsh. There's more to this faith in Christ than just being a believer. There's an area of our lives where we give ourselves completely to this. Because if I think about Jesus, like Emily said at communion this morning, when I, I realize all that Jesus did for us at the cross of Calvary, then the very least I can do is to give my life for what he gave his life for. Either this is real for us or we're just playing church. I, for one, I'm overplaying church. I, I, I want to see souls saved. I want to see people born again. I want to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to see people who are on a mission from God that go out into our community. They're not Bible bashing. They're just simply sharing who they are and who they discovered with the people around about them in a spirit of love and inclusiveness. The Bible is inclusive in its message, but it's exclusive and that the only way that we can come to God the Father is through Jesus Christ, his Son, believing that he died and was risen again and now sits at the right hand of the Father. That's the only way we can get into heaven. There's no other way apart from Jesus. Did you know that this morning? It's only through Christ that we can do that. And what could happen if we devoted ourselves to becoming disciples? Devoted ourselves to each other, to fellowship, to prayer, to, to breaking of bread, to opening up our homes, to being vulnerable with one another. Can I tell you, okay, do not put Jane and I on a pedestal. Okay, we, I, I gotta tell you, guys, this might come as a revelation for you today, but I pulled these jeans on just like you did. I put one leg in one leg and I put one leg in the other leg and I, I just hoiked these suckers up and I was in my jeans. I did not, I did not just stand them on their own and then leap into them like I was a superhuman person. I would like to see that, but that's not how I put my jeans on. We are just like you. We have areas of weakness and failure and, 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 and things that we're working on as a couple in our marriage, but also individually as people of God. Don't put us on a pedestal. Okay, the, the, the whole thing of, of what I'm trying to say is that we have vulnerabilities. There are areas of our life. We need each other. 
We need to be real with each other. Because if I stand here and you think I'm perfect, it gives you no hope, really, because how could you ever aspire to perfection? I'm not not saying I am perfect. I'm simply saying if that's the way that you viewed me, it gives you no ability to be like us. How can I ever be like Pastor Gary? How could I ever speak like him? How could I ever relate like him? How could I ever, you know, no, no, no. We're working on stuff as well. Okay? All we need to do is to be real with each other, to be authentic. D- does that make sense? Because it gives you hope. You know what? If he can do that with the, the faults and the, the weaknesses and the areas that he's still working on, because I know that you're praying for me in those, those areas, you're not holding them up and saying, oh, just what a pansy. You know, it's just, no, it's, no, we're praying for one another because we're real with one another and we need each other because we've devoted ourselves to prayer. We've devoted ourselves to fellowship. We've dev- devoted ourselves to connecting together. So we're welcoming, we're accepting of those around us. Is it possible that if we lived in that way, that the Lord would add to our number daily those who are being saved? So how is this even possible? Well, I'm really glad that you've asked that question, actually. Here's, here's one way, one suggestion that... This, this may help us today. And it's in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 2. And it's, uh, most of the verses here I use today are from the Amplified Bible. I have just love the Amplified Bible. <clears throat> it says here, Therefore become imitators of God. Copy Him and follow His example. As well-beloved children imitate their Father and walk continually in love, that is, value one another. And it goes on to say some other things there. But do what God did. Copy him. Follow his example. Walk continually in love. That is to value one another. Value how you're made. Value the people, how they're shaped. Value their strengths. Value their, their weaknesses. Value who they are. The way that we, we demonstrate our value for each other, perhaps, is by Simply going the distance in our relationships. Being there for each other when we really need each other. Accepting our mistakes and giving people the benefit of the doubt. And there's this really funny Christian thing called forgiveness. How about we actually forgive those people that have done us wrong for a change? Instead of holding a grudge and having a chip on our shoulder, people say that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. Okay? That's what unforgiveness will do. It's you're drinking the poison, but you're expecting the person that, that's offended you or hurt you to get sick. It's not going to happen. You get sick. Unforgiveness hurts us. See, being vulnerable with us, we, we laugh and we cry together. You know, we, we, we lovingly tell each other the truth. Lovingly. Lovingly. Not bluntly with a big stick okay, or a headbutt. We, we just, I'm, I'm loving, look, hey, look. We just talk to each other lovingly. How about this? We actually believed in each other. Wow. What, what a difference that might make in our relationships with each other. That we actually, be, I believe that you're going to make it. I believe on the call of God on your life. I believe that you hear from God. I believe in your gifts and your abilities. I believe in what God's done in you. I believe that you've got a great future. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And we get behind people and stop gossiping about them and pulling them down. 
Oh, did you hear about? No, 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 no. They've got a great future. They are loved by God. Jesus died for them. They're full of the Spirit of God. They got a word in season. They encourage me by the way that they live. I love the way that they get out of their car. I love the way that they, uh, they the perfume smells or whatever. Just you know what I'm saying? Just think of things that that encourage and live and breathe life. I've been given life. Why can't I share that? So here's the, the reality of activating our connections as we arise. Here's the, this is the reality of it. And, and, and the whole concept of relationships revolves around this one idea, one idea. We need each other. I need you and you need me. You need the people around about you. Romans 12 verse 5 says, Since we're all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. There's no way that we can be or do all that God wants us to by ourselves. We have to do it in relationship with other people. If we are to value one another, what does that mean or will look like? Well, here's five things. I'm going to cover two this morning, and I'm going to cover the other three next Sunday, okay? So simply just want to share that with you this morning so that it's just a lure, you know, I'm just a bit of fishing, okay? Just going to a bit of a nibble out there today because I'm hopeless with fish, all right? So I'll just try it with people this morning is how we go with this. So five things that we can value about people in our lives. Number one, we value people walking with us. We value people walking with us. This means that we need each other to help us grow spiritually. We need people in our lives to do that. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7 says, Just as you received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. The Bible compares life to a walk. I'm so glad at the moment because I can't run. I've done something to my knee on the inside there, so I can't run. So I'm glad that it talks about walking. It'd be great if it talked about push biking, but the Bible might have been written a bit before push bikes. So it talks about life as a walk. We're to walk in wisdom, to walk in love. We're to walk in the light. Why are we to do that? Because we're on a journey. This is a trip. Hey, it's a trip, man. No, <laughs> wrong trip. <laughs> wrong trip. We're, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. I don't know where I get half this stuff from. <laughs> the devil made me say it. One of the keys, the key ways that God tells us to walk is in relationship. It's in relationship. We were never meant to walk through life alone. If, you, if you're walking through life alone, then hear this message. Take action on this message. Activate your connection as a result of this message. This, you know, when I talk about that we're to walk in relationship, this has nothing to do with whether you are single or married. Because I want to tell you that there are married couples in churches all around the world that are lonely. There are singles who are lonely. There are people in our church, this church, who are lonely. And they need you. And you need them. So some of you might say, well, Pastor Gary, what's wrong with, with uh, walking alone? I prefer it. I, uh, I walk at my own pace and I don't have to wait for anyone. Well, I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, 
It's safer. It's much safer to, to walk with someone else. I remember as a policeman, just graduated from the police academy. I might have shared this story once or twice before. But uh, we get this call. We're on afternoon shift. It's pitch dark outside. And like I've been out of uh, the police academy uh, like about five minutes if I'm lucky. And we get this call to go to the old ABC radio station in Hindmarsh Square. And it's like a derelict building. And a lot of the drunks and the uh, down and outs, the homeless used to sit uh, and lay and, and uh, just uh, bed down for the night in there. So we get a call to go into there. And uh, uh, we're walking through, we've sort of like climbed in and we let radio know that we're in there and, and we're sort of like trying to look through to, to just get people out because they weren't supposed to be in there. And, and we're walking through this room and, and I'm and walking behind my partner. My partner's just a little bit taller than me. Well, most of my partners are a bit taller than me. But, uh, the, so we're walking through there and um, we didn't really have our torches because we hadn't graduated to sort of like own a, a torch at that point, you know. <laughs> This is old school policing, by the way, all right? So we're walking through, and, and you know how sometimes you get those strings hang down from the ceiling, you yank on the string and the light comes on? My partner has been walking ahead, and one of those strings has touched his shoulder, and bang, he's off. He, his, his legs do your duty. He's bolted. It scared the living out of him, and, and he's just bolted. And because he's run, I've run. Man. Don't go in dark, scary buildings on your own. It's safer to go through with it. Even if they're a little bit frightened, you can be frightened together. Okay, it's safer. All right, safer. Secondly, it's supportive. Okay, activating our connection with other people gives us the energy to keep going when we feel like giving up. That's why I've activated my connection in Parkrun. I love doing the Parkrun every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock here at Mount Barker. And I go along there because whether I walk or I run, you get people who are calling out, go for it, Gazza, you got this, Gaz? You're going well, Gaz? You're, you're almost there? And I've just started. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just a great way. You've got people who are supportive of you. You know, it's just so good to be supportive. Now, the thing is, the reality is that if uh, we're going to burn out if we don't have support, we need people around about us to be supported. Thirdly, it's just smarter. It's smarter. Okay? It's just smarter to go through life with a few really close friends. The more you know, the, we walk with others, uh, it's, it, we learn stuff together. Here's something. Here. Proverbs 28, 26. Only fools trust in what they alone think. But Proverbs eleven fourteen tells me that in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. See, one of the important things in life is that we learn to get along with others. We learn to get along with others, even the people we don't like. I think it would be just the humour of God to put them, their mansion next to yours in heaven. I think he'd just you know, have a bit of a laugh at that. If we go through life isolated, then we miss one of the greatest lessons in life. Genesis 2 verse 18 says it's not good for a man to be alone. The first thing God said after he created Adam, and Adam is created in a perfect environment in the Garden of Eden. He says to Adam, it's not good for you to be alone, buddy. I need you to do something. So what was God's ad, uh, antidote for this? Well, he created two groups of people. He created a, a physical family, and that's the one that we grow up in. But he also creates, creates a spiritual family, the one that we're going to spend eternity with. Okay? The physical family, it eventually moves apart and it dies. Our spiritual family is eternal and God wants us to be connected in his family, the church. Hebrews 10.25 says this, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. He says, 
You've been created to be in relationship, encouraging each other uh, by meeting together uh, here on a Sunday and in our connect groups. You know, uh, uh, relationship is actually God's answer to loneliness. <clears throat> Life is about relationships. It's not about achievements. It's, it's about relationship. One of the outcomes of relationship is the things that we do, but the primary focus is about how we relate to each other, how we relate to God the Father. I'm inviting everyone here today to continue to every, every week as much as you possibly can. Get in the house of God. Get in the house fortnightly or whenever we have our connect groups. Get into the connect groups. Invest. Devote yourself to being a part of a, of a group. Because that's the way that you're going to build relationship. We don't learn about relationships without being in a relationship. To build relationships, you need to be in a connect group. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 says this, Open your homes to each other <clears throat> without complaining. You know what? This simply means not to let an excuse stop us from the blessing of opening our homes to other people. See, having a connect group... Catch this, catch this, you ready? You, you want to write this down, all right? Okay. Opening up your home is not to have a home in, uh, open inspection. It's just for coffee. You're not having an open inspection. You don't have to dust or vacuum. You, you don't have to put the pillows and, and everything in place. It's, 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 it's not like uh, uh, better homes and gardens. They're not coming to your door. It's just someone for coffee. And you know what? A scotch finger biscuit does it. It's great. Easy. Number two. <clears throat> we value people walking with us, and we also value people working with us. So God put us on earth to do a certain work that only we can do. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, God made us to do good works which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. See, before we were born, God chose the talents and the abilities of our life. Any time that we use them to help someone else, it's called ministry or service. So using our gifts and how God's wired us to help others is our good works. That's what we, we, the good works that we're called to do. We don't get saved by our good works. I must make that clear. We don't, there's nothing we can do to earn salvation. It's simply by faith in the grace of God, okay? That, but we do do, we are saved for good works. Does that make sense? Do you understand the difference? See, in, in, in heaven, everyone will work, but we'll only have a little bit to do because we'll never get tired. We won't get overworked and tired because everyone does their bit. What happens here on earth, though, is that we get worn out. We get exhausted. Why is that? Well, because we try to do everything on our own. Okay, or because some people aren't doing their bit. And I'm not looking at anyone. That would be the church down the road I'm talking about. See, we value those who are working with us. They are sharing the load. One of the greatest ways to build a relationship is to do something alongside of them, to serve in an area, to, to, to work with them, to to help in a particular area, to do it together. It's a great way of doing that. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two people are better than one. They get more done by working together. 
See, more gets done as a team than as an individual. And God has called us infused church to serve. It's what we do. Everyone has a part to play. You know, snowflakes, when you look at them, they're so fragile and they melt in your hand, but you get a whole bunch of those working together, they will stop a city. A whole bunch of snowflakes can stop a city. That's the same with us. Maybe on our own, we can't do too much. We can do a little, but we can't do a great deal. But if we banded together, if we worked together, if we worked alongside of each other, what could be the possibility of this church having a significant influence within our community to see people saved? To see people saved. How about if we we all got together and supported Lisa in the nature playgroup when it comes up in a couple of weeks? How about if if we make her job so much easier? How about in the hospitality? I know that people love the food that we do here. You know what, Steve and Gina, they need some people to help out in the kitchen to be able to cook some stuff. You know what, they need to go away on a holiday. The worship team, who could sing? Who can play a musical instrument, but you're sitting on it? We're not pointing fingers. But don't sit on it. Find out if there's a way that you can invest your gift as a part of a team so that we can do work together. Relationship is God's answer to fatigue. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. What's the community of faith? It's that church family. It's that church family. So here's the deal as I land this part one of this message. To arise in 2021 means that in activating our connections, we are the ones that must push the button to make it happen. We are the ones that need to put in our username and password to activate the connections that we need to have within the life of the church. Jesus didn't wait for an invitation to give his life for us. He came to the earth. He activated his connection. He was born of a virgin. He did what was necessary. He entered his own name. He put his own body on the line and said, I'm in. I'm in. I'm devoting myself to this. I want to give myself to this. And I'll just see amazing things. See, here's my encouragement to you today. Don't wait to be invited. Step out. You push the button. You you approach someone and say, how can I get involved in this? How can I, where are the connect groups? What, what do I need to do? You know what? <clears throat> Here's a stretch. Why don't you have a connect group at your home? That way you can have it at your times. We'll advertise it. We trust you. You know what? It's cool. This is his, Jesus's church. I'm good with that. Step out in faith. Trust the Holy Spirit. Activate that connection. Jesus activated connection with us. The Holy Spirit empowers us and flows through us to help us to activate our connections with other people. So let's push against the resistance in us that stops us from reaching out to others. It might start with a coffee, yet progress to being lifelong friends that you've got each other's back. And surely, 
that's worth the effort.